0: Hello and welcome back to the Perth to Paisley podcast, the podcast covering the championship 2020-2021 winners, Heart of Midlothian. I am one of your hosts, as usual, Daniel McIver, and I am, again as usual, joined by Adam Kennedy. Adam, how are you doing?
1: Uh, I'm all good, thanks, mate. Well, I, I say that, I'm somewhat fuming in the last week when our good pal Cammie Anderson was on, I mentioned how I'd find it solid to drag out talking about our 0-0 draw with Dunfermline at East End. And now, all of a sudden, it's goals galore and gorge, and you get to discuss a, a 6-0 win that sees us win the league. But other than that, I mean, all's well. What, what about yourself? I'm doing very well.
0: For people who follow me on Twitter, they will know I have had four hours sleep in the last 48 hours because it was a, it was a big wrestling show with WrestleMania. However, I've got... Hearts winning a league to keep me energised and keep me energetic. However, we're not going to talk about that immediately because mainly, Adam, everybody's been doing a lot of talking in the press.
1: They have, and and with good reason. I think Hearts are at the the forefront of Scottish football news at the minute, aren't they? Certainly, ever since sort of the past few uh, fixtures leading up to to the Alloa game, so. Yeah, everybody seems to have had their say. So it just goes to show that even in the second tier, hearts are still, you know, massive. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And if you want to talk about hearts, you know the script by now. Talk of the tune, big hearts calls. Get, in. Get involved every Tuesday and Thursday, the class. And now there's positivity to speak about. We've won a league. Get in.
1: I'm not. Come sh- on. I'm not sure though, mate, if... I think Big Hearts will need to come out and say something given, obviously we play Morton um, next Tuesday night, so I don't know if there's going to be one going ahead or whether it'll be earlier, but obviously check the website for for all the necessary info, folks.
0: Absolutely. All the links are, as usual, in the description. You can get them at Big Hearts on all the different social medias as well. However, we will start off with some of that talking that was done in the press. So, as... Adam mentioned. Last week Hearts drew 0-0 against Dunfermline. Adam do you think that the media reacted to that in a positive or negative way compared to the fans? And by the media I mean pundits.
1: Um, Yeah I think the the pundits are are glossing over sort of the, the bigger picture. I look at it and I just think that there are numerous pundits on these and various media outlets that seem to just be adamant that because hearts have now won the league they don't they don't seem to gauge why the fans are as angry as we are um I feel as though they're just sort of sweeping everything else like the cup exits and what have you under the carpet it seems to be shut up and accept that you've won promotion that's that seems to be the message that I'm getting from various pundits and and various media outlets like I say.
0: Well, one pundit who seemed to agree with a lot of the anger from Hearts fans, if not agree, definitely understand why there is a lot of anger, is friend of the podcast and loved by the podcast, Mr. Stephen Presley. Half the podcast. So Nope, fool. So, Stephen Presley, in what is, I think everyone can agree, quite an uncharacteristic for the man who is normally quite... Like well-tempered, quiet, droll kind of way of speaking. He got incredibly, incredibly animated on BBC Sports Sound where he went, Daily Record went with the headline that Stephen Presley launches stunning hearts blast as he hammers Anne Budge and the Foundation in furious ran, including Christoph Berra. So, we're going to run through what Presley says. I'm going to run through it in its entirety. Then I will come to you to give your overall thoughts on what he said, because I think it's very interesting. So, Levine was on it as well, Kenny McIntyre was the host, as usual, and Presky said, there's a couple of things just now, the direction of the club in terms of the stability of it moving forward, the playing staff and the coaches, but there's also a severe lack of leadership within the club at, the, at exact this moment in time. Fantastic words there, Elvis. Uh, and Anne, I think you've got a really good woman, really good person who wants the best for hearts but she's not showing in my opinion real leadership just now I even look here at a statement she made on the back of the disappointment at Brora this was a time where I felt Robbie needed real real support if you read in depth into the statement she gave him no support Presley then took aim at club icon Jim Jeffries so Thomas Nicoll must have been absolutely loving his life
1: because he's not the only one attacking the jet and Uh, got a shed load of abuse for it and quite rightly so in my eyes but never mind
0: (laughs) I'm looking at guys like Jim Jeffries, who's appointed to the board as an advisor at a time when Robbie needs stability, support, that guy by his shoulder. I don't see him. I don't see it at all. There are issues around this club. There are these people who are within this football club, who are around it, who portray themselves as these great hearts men and have the best interests at the club at heart that attach themselves to this club and prey on moments like this, wait on moments like this, love moments like this, and don't stand side by side with the manager. It's a club lacking leadership. I just look again there at the weekend, Levine, Craig, but Levine, made comments on the back of the Queen of the South game on Christoph Berra, someone that I really like, I have a lot of respect for, but he's the captain of that football club. Craig, you were disappointed by his lack of leadership, I was even more disappointed by the lack of leadership he showed in the back of that. Uh, Referring to the fact that he is leaving for Wraith Rovers uh, at a time where Hearts needed to batten down the hatches, he took the easy option out. He's He's had to show strength, take the flag that was coming, understood the situation and move forward alongside his manager. He didn't. He took the easy option and I see that far too often at Heart of Midlothian Football Club. It is now where Stephen Pethlis, you can audibly hear him start banging the table. Uh, I don't see Savage coming out and support the manager. I don't see any of these things. I'm beating the table here because I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about that football club, and it lacks steel. It lacks leadership. He then moved on, finally, to the Foundation of Hearts, where he said, do you know what else concerns me? That I could go under the stewardship of the Foundation of Hearts. You can't have a situation when you're putting your money in, and in the back of some disappointing results, you leave the situation within the club. You either put the money in unconditionally, unconditionally, or not at all. Not at all. And then he would go on to speak about Nielsen and how he feels that relegation was a blessing in disguise, uh, that he thinks he'll get promotion and that he deserves support in the summer. So I know that was quite a lot right at the start. Um, but how did you, first of all, did you expect that level of emotion from any pundit, to be honest? Even like I know Elvis is associated with a club, which is why they get People like him, Levine, Neil McCann, and stuff like that on because they're kind Alan of hoping Preston's another. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Derek Ferguson's on it a couple of times as well. Um they get people who have a stake in hearts. But very rarely do they do this. Like where they actually go and kind of like an impassioned rant. So before we actually get into what he said, what did you make of the way he actually said it?
1: I was I was taken aback, to be honest. I mean, I've I've slated Elvis for his previous actions. I thought that this was sort of a morally morally bankrupt man um, with regards to to what he'd done. But I, it's funny talking about Elvis. I think the point that Daryl Broadfoot he was also on the panel, and he made a point just before Elvis's rant, which I thought was very interesting. When he was talking about things sort of being too easy, um, and he mentioned players talking in the media um, alongside the fact that he claimed that they're well paid that Ann Budge looks after them and such however I thought that the most important aspect that he mentioned was Hearts players having to deliver on the park and it seems as though we forget about the latter part so perhaps the Hearts dads are bang on in what they say and that it should be football first and, and speaking second um, as for Presley's rant like I say I, I, I was taken aback I did not expect that Um I'm not going to lie, it it pulled me in a little bit when he was talking about the kind of passion that he has for hearts and what have you, but, I mean, I think I sort of jotted down the kind of main points, the severe lack of leadership. I could have sworn that I'd said on a podcast that we had a lack of leaders on the park. I think it was maybe after the Queen of the South game, um, mm. but his was obviously generally, and the, the lack of support towards Robbie from Budge and Jim Jeffries as well. Um the, the Christoph Berra stuff I, I thought was quite bizarre Um, mm-hmm. I, I, he mentioned that he was disappointed in Berra not taking the flak that inevitably came after the Broader Rangers game I mean he also said that he was the club captain but I'll overlook that but taking the easy option I, I wasn't fully aware that the easy option was him coming out and saying that he's moving to Wraith Rovers I thought that the easy option was kind of the sit-down, I think it was with Barry Anderson or somebody at the evening. Oh, movies. when he said it
0: was coming. Like yeah, yeah, or
1: or, say, or when he you know, said to the press generally that it, it wasn't good enough. Um, again, going back to the, the Presley rant, I thought him turning on the, the foundation was quite... brave, I'll say, because his main point was saying to, obviously, chuck the money unconditionally in or not at all. I'm putting my money in unconditionally but equally I can understand supporters' frustrations I'm one of them myself that's why we have this podcast to rant and rave about hearts but I, I just feel as though some of the fans are left with no option because they feel as though the club don't take notice in any other way as opposed to any like to do with any other discontent it seems as though financial figures are going to be the only reason that they feel as though change is going to happen Um and then he kind of talked about recruitment, saying that it hadn't been good enough. I, I think for him to talk about recruitment not being good enough and simultaneously back Robbie, I don't know whether there's a little clash in there. I know that Robbie's only had, you know, two windows, in i.e. the summer, which is bound to be hard to attract given, obviously, we've dropped to the second tier. You know, I, I can understand all that, the shortened season, blah, blah, blah. January, again, we've talked about kind of not getting that quality, but we've brought in a couple in January, obviously looking at Stuart Finlay in a pre-contract in January, which fell through, so I don't know. The recruitment and the Robbie contradiction, I thought, was was quite bizarre, but again, he, he spoke about kind of the recruitment not being good for a few years and not just in Nielsen's tenure. The fact that it's down mm-hmm. to different managers, playstyles, which... I, you know, I, I feel sorry for Robbie to an extent, but again, performances and results on the park. Yes, we've now won the league, but it's not been it's not been good enough for for a wee while in my eyes anyway. Obviously, you've kind of been numb towards it, and fair play to you. I mean, I wish I was kind of in that same boat to be fair, but <laughs> um, I, I I don't know. It just it, Presley obviously touched on the poor recruitment, and then spoke about Robbie working with Savage, yet. Joe Savage wasn't in place, so he's he's done his research when it came to this when it came to this rant rather, and it's it was just a, a, a real surprise, but again despite the nick that hearts are perceived to be in, quite heartwarming, in truth for me. I think
0: that's been the biggest takeaway from it because yeah, listen, I disagree with some things that he said where I I know what he means when he's speaking about the Foundation of Hearts, and especially at this point when we are about to take full ownership, it is the most crucial time to keep pledges going, so I do understand that. However, as we have said numerous times on this, it's like we would urge, and if you take away anything from this show, it's that don't stop putting your money in, but I'm not gonna say someone isn't a fan or that they're an idiot and stuff like that if they do stop it. Uh, Additionally, I kind of thought the Berra stuff was a wee bit weird, regardless which way you look at it. If it, if he is speaking about the media stuff, I agree with them, but it's like, well, was Berra just told to do that in the press? And if he did mean going to Wraith, it's like, well, no, but Hearts fans want him out. Like, he should be away.
1: Um, and alternatively, mate, sorry to cut you off there. Yeah? He, he, he also... It <laughs> talks about Berra coming out in the press. If Christoph Berra hadn't said anything, it, he'd have been scrutinised as well, because there was a stage where... Budge hadn't came out and said anything and the fans, quite rightly so, myself and amongst them, were going absolutely bonkers saying that we need some clarity either way. So I think Christoph Berra was at a, a no-win situation there, which in is fairness, obviously understandable though, given the result.
0: In fairness, he was maybe in a no-win situation, but he somehow found option C of no-win as well. He didn't need to say we we were expecting it, it was being it had been coming. See, no. even if, if that is true... Don't say that publicly.
1: Yeah, that that was a that was a kind of shot shot himself in the foot scenario, then yeah. wasn't it? Really.
0: Um. But but listen, right? And it's been used against me and against him and for me and for him. But it's become the joke that I love Stephen Presley. That isn't. That's not a joke. That is true. Like I love Stephen Presley. Nothing's going to change that. So when everybody saw this, I got loads of mentions going, "Oh, you love this," and it's like. I'll be honest, I didn't care that it was Stephen Presley saying it, it was the fact that someone was saying it. And that perfectly links us onto our fellow podcast friend and talk of the tune, compatriot and just general guy that we know, Liam Corbett, was invited onto Sports Sound uh, as well with John Collins and stuff like that. He um, got into it with John Collins a wee bit, Barry Anson was also on the call. This was obviously after Presley's comments, wasn't it? It was after yeah, Presley's it, comments, so, so. yeah.
1: So the, the Presley one, I think, was the Monday night, because that was mm-hmm. Hibb's Queens in the Cup. Yes, it was. Um, and I think Corbett was on on Tuesday. Yes, if my so, memory serves me.
0: Listen, it's also become a joke that me and Liam Corbett can argue about anything regardless of how undisputed that fact is, but I felt that Liam, I disagreed with some of his points, I agreed with a lot of his points. I think the biggest positive of Liam going on that was that it, it was really good to have someone there, and also I want to say, a credit as well to Barry Anderson as well, as I felt both they two were able to get across a Hearts fan perspective into this narrative that is prevalent within John Collins, Kenny McIntyre, Chris Sutton, Michael Stewart and stuff like that, that, oh, this is ridiculous and Hearts fans are massively overreacting and it's all on the back of the week of results with ProRa and Queen of the South. I really appreciate that both Barry and Liam managed to convey that, no, the anger that is prevalent within fans is bigger than this season, even.
1: Yeah, I I I I mean obviously you've you've touched on your relationship with Corbett there. I feel as though Liam's like I don't know, he's like he's like a kinda <laughs> that's gonna say really cheesy and I, I I apologize if he's listening, but I feel as he's like he's like a big brother to me. I feel as though we're sort of on that same wavelength and that we do both get emotional and frustrated and I don't know, anyway. But I thought he was I thought he was excellent. Um and particularly when going up against John Collins in particular, I, I feel as though, you know, Corbett does his research. He's he's a he's a bright guy. He's not gonna come unprepared. And every, everything that John Collins kind of kept batting at him, Corbett was able to shut down. And it just to me, I, I I feel as though it's sort of a it's sort of an accurate representation of where media is going, and that it's not all about your sort of established former senior pros and managers and that Mm -hmm. fans fans have a a big say because ultimately they're the ones that go and watch every single week so i i i was i was really chuffed with with how well he performed and barry anderson as well was was really good i mean i know he covers hearts not entirely sure he supports them but listen he's he's bound to have adopted a, a little soft spot surely he's
0: a scotland fan he doesn't have a club
1: classic he's he's a
0: Scotland fan
1: this is what I can't fathom as well because I tried to keep my Hearts Allegiance secret on my personal account but then I see then obviously with the Perth Paisley tag it's like well I now have Hearts banded under my name so Mm -hmm. I don't know I I don't think it it really makes a monkey's but I'd I'd be intrigued to see who Barry does support I can't imagine I can't see it being Hearts I legitimately
0: do just think he is a Scotland fan I don't think he has a club I, I do think that is a thing
1: Every chance. Every chance. Sorry, uh, mate, um, I was going to say as well, because we didn't speak about Monday night and Levine's say-so. Ah, oh, yeah. Him him touching on the fluctuating Foundation of Hearts payments was really interesting for me. Did you, did you take anything away from that? Because surely the board and the Hearts hierarchy look at the payments up and down and judge their decisions off the back of that, or is that just crazy for me to say? Because for him to come out and agree that the turnover of players has been too frequent is laughable. But again, saying that, surely then that plays on his conscience that the payments are up and down, no?
0: I I don't think it's black and white. I think there will be an element of decisions at the top and bottom of the club will be made with how is this going to be received by the fans? But I feel like that's going to... Obviously, this isn't a shocking thing to say that is how every single football club will operate they'll go priority is how will the fans react to this obviously with us it's a wee bit more intense than that because we are about to become the controlling shareholders and we will own the club i d- i don't think they sit on the board and go right the foundation of hearts pledges are dropping so therefore we just need to give in to all demands Whatever they say goes for the next couple of months and then we'll get back on it once they're all a wee bit happier again we're back over that 8,000 mark or whatever it is, right? However, again, though, on the flip side, there is representatives from the foundation on the board. Whether or not people believe they are doing what they should be doing, it they are still there. And we are a voice. Like, it means that, yeah, we're not necessarily just going to say we want the manager sacked, and even with the amount of people who have been saying it recently, it doesn't just mean it's automatically going to be happening, but it will be a conversation that is going on, going, look at this level of anger and aggression or passion, and that now, in a very individual scenario, is, well, they're like the owners. And again, that's the thing. We're going to be fan-owned, not fan-run, because that would be the worst thing in the world if we were fan-run right? That would never work. It would be horrifically, horrifically bad. I think some fans do need to remember that, that just because we are suddenly in charge doesn't mean just oh, well the fan base has this thought, so therefore it's going to happen. But, it was interesting, obviously Levine then also, a wee bit earlier in the week, said he joked about how, don't ask me how they got relegated, ask Daniel Stendel. in a way of like, he was clearly joking, but he didn't finish the joke. So left him out, like left himself open to a lot of aggression. I still um, could not
1: believe he came out and said that, though.
0: He's clear, he is clearly joking, but he doesn't finish it. So he goes like, "Oh, don't ask me. Ask Daniel Stendel." And the
1: then, the tone is a funny tone as well. He what
0: he then should do is go once he said that he should go. Nah, but seriously, and then make his point. But he just goes, "Hey, ask Daniel Stendel," and and then just makes his point. And it's like, "No, Craig, listen. I get you were being funny." But some folk won't get that you're being funny. Or some people will just be like, I don't give a shit if he's trying to be funny. Shut the fuck up.
1: I'm in that latter camp. I'm, I'm, I'm still 50-50 as to whether he was trying to be funny or not. I'd, I think I'd I'd need, I'd need to hear it back, to be honest. I think he is.
0: However, this was all building, all this media speculation. And we were going to be playing Aloha on the TV. It then got moved to iPlayer. Which now just should be our home. I'm fully on board with the iPlayer home. Um, there was a lot of pressure, especially because if we won, then it meant results going
1: our way at the weekend meant we would win the league. We'll Rovers get and, on to that. Rovers and Dundee obviously had to then match our victory yes. to keep it alive. Absolutely,
0: we will get on to that. However, there was some. I, uh, I don't think there was trepidation going into it. I don't think anyone was nervous. What I think people were nervous about was it. I think everybody went in going, right, we're going to win this game. But the worry was it's going to be another unconvincing, tough game. We won't get out of the traps for the first half. We'll then do all right in the second half, maybe nick a goal or two and win either one or two nil and fans will
1: still be raging. I I had two nil as my sort of prediction heading into it. I don't know about you.
0: I had one nil. (laughs) So,
1: (laughs) ever the optimists, are we? Yep.
0: Shows the state (laughs) of the club now. However, the team did come out. Now, just before, by the way, I just want to tell you how BBC thinks we played. Right? Oh, my God. So, apparently, we played a 3-4-3 with Gordon and Goals, Suter, Halkett, Smith. That's all fine. That's all right, yeah. Right? Right wing-back of Peter Herring left wing-back of Aaron McInef, a centre mid-partnership of Andy Halliday and Shea Logan, right wing, Armand Nandouli, left wing, Ewan Henderson, and up front, Liam Boyce. What actually happened was Craig Gordon and goals, Smith, Halkett and Suter as a back three, left wing-back, Andy Halliday, right wing-back, Shea Logan, a middle two of Aaron McInef and Peter Herring, Boyce in the ten which was interesting and then Ewan Henderson and Omar Nandoulet up front in like a 3-4-1-2. Now, before we get into the game, two big talking three big talking points from the lineup actually. The biggest one, John Suter played his first game of competitive football in over 400 days. What was your feeling when you saw his name on the team sheet?
1: Please don't get injured. <laughs> was that the, that yep. was at the forefront of my mind. Um God, oh, obviously I'm I'm chuffed. I mean I I love Soapy. He's just he's absolute caviar. He just I've got a little a, a little pot from in that it's sort of that ball playing centre half, you know, he's just he's just a, a very good footballer. Um and delighted to see him back. I, I also think he's a top defender. You know, it's alright mm-hmm. having one or the other, but the fact that he's ultimately both is 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 fantastic and uh, delighted to see him back and hopefully we can get him a suitable partner for for the premiership. Although that being said, he and Halkett didn't play together a lot, so mm-hmm. maybe that's maybe that's the the future sort of centre half pairing. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll wait and see. But he he Michael Smith and Craig Halkett, I, I I was I was left very encouraged by that back three. Definitely, I know it. I know obviously the game. <laughs> we're we're going to touch on the fact that it is only Aloa, but. To ha- to sort we of fucking le- got knocked out by the league the cup earlier this season <laughs> no of course and and to bleed John Suter back in I, I don't care who it's against I think mm-hmm. now now is the time to give him just that little run of games have pre-season and hopefully he's back and, and fighting for the, the campaign ahead
0: and then kind of combining the second and third points what did you make of that little diamond, eh, triangle sorry up front with Boyce in the ten and Henderson and Nandwilly coming back into the starting 11. I think when a lot of people saw that starting 11, they assumed it would be Henderson in the 10, and then Boyce and Nandwilly up front. However, it, I thought personally, it worked out fantastically for all three of them.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And again, heading into it, I thought, Henderson playing as the 10 instead of Mackay Stevens interesting. But then it obviously transpired through word of mouth that Henderson and Boyce were were up. Eh, sorry, Henderson and Nandvili were up front together. So, yeah, a, a kind of a little and large partnership is kind of what I've been harping on about uh, for <laughs> for a, a good wee while. So, it was it was quite encouraging to see that um, in an offensive sense. And like you say, we, we'll obviously get to Liam Boyce later on, but I th- I think he could quite possibly be our best number ten. I know that's. An interesting take, and we'll get to why later on. But like you say, the the trio worked in tandem really well. So I'd like to see some more of that, definitely.
0: Well, we will get into the game because there is a lot to speak about. Uh, the first twenty minutes were the quietest period, and some people will say the most negative. My thoughts—you might disagree with this—my thoughts was the opening twenty minutes was a mix of players playing together in a reasonably new system that they're not used to and really surprisingly coming up against an Aloha team that were actually going for it which led to the 20 minutes where some people were saying it's not that great like we're looking solid but we're not actually doing too much do you agree that they're the two contributing factors do you think there's anything else or were you actually quite happy with the opening 20 minutes as well as the rest of the game
1: Quite, quite happy it'd be a stretch I, I thought for Aloha I, I wasn't all that surprised to see them come out because ultimately they're fighting for their survival and yes mm-hmm. it is sort of unrealistic to assume that they would walk away from Tynecastle with all three points but having looked at our recent form I think they've got every right to, to do so um, and ultimately of course now they're pretty much down had they nicked all three points they'd be in a much much better position but suffice to say that's not the case and um, harping back to the formation (laughs) a a, a couple times in that first half it did sort of look like 10 strangers 10 outfield strangers (laughs) playing together Um, but of course it's it's bound to happen when you've got a centre half returning from injury we've not been all that accustomed to the wing backs although I thought both were really good Mm -hmm. Um, and boys sort of dropping back into midfield was again another surprise so when you break it down It wasn't all that surprising to see the first half play out the way that it did. Actually, it sounds bizarre to say, given the scoreline and how convincing the performance and result proved in the end, but I thought Aloha had a a couple half chances first half. Nothing major, but certainly would have been interested to see how we'd have coped had we fallen behind, obviously, given the the flack that we've touched on that came um, in the past few weeks. But... That being said, it, it's easily our most comprehensive one of the season, so I, I'm pleased in that sense on the whole.
0: Well, we will now get started with the goals that led to that comprehensive victory. The first came uh, from two of the players that you just mentioned, actually. Full-back Andy Halliday playing the full-back role. Cuts into the middle after a nice kind of wee pass to play. And with that said he's boot, plays it through a couple of defenders and a finish right that... Uh, this is so stereotypical football twer right. But if this was a player in one of the top leagues, this finish would be getting shared everywhere because Boyce just runs on air and with one touch dinks it over the keeper to make it one 0
1: Yeah, and it's it's a fantastic finish. It actually it reminded me of a goal that Stephen Naismith scored at Firth Park.
0: Yes. Oh where, my god! Where yeah. he get he
1: gets the second bite of the cherry. I can't. Yeah. I can't remember who blocks it, and he thinks it over the mother will keeper. I think to equalise, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just great to see that our patience was rewarded. Um, I thought, I thought Liam Boyce was just the star man of the first half. He mm-hmm. he just seemed to be at the heart of everything and looked to to provide for big Nando a couple half chances for him. But like I say, I, I think if we are to rock a four two three one, which which Robbie favours. He is perhaps our best option to play, as his squad number would suggest. Because I thought his runs from deep were excellent. He picks up the wee pockets of space, and he's just a, a very clever footballer. So it was no surprise to see him open the scoring with what is a fantastic finish um, after you know a, a nice passage of play and decent ball. I thought from Andy Halliday. And like I say, patience rewarded.
0: Absolutely. We then have a few, only a few minutes, only six minutes. For the next goal as Alouar Pressing a wee bit And then Ewan Henderson Picks the ball up Right on the edge of our box 85 yards away From the other end of the pitch And he runs and he's got an option And he keeps running And he runs and he's running into four guys And he somehow gets through He then gets into the box And he takes a massive touch And you think, ah, that's it, fair play, good run He then makes it and is hauled down for the penalty. Now, I just want to quickly then jump because the penalty, Liam Boyce scores the penalty, it's a penalty. We then come out in the second half, and we will get to the assist for this goal in a minute. Ewan Henderson runs through. He actually had a goal disallowed in the first half, and just has a lovely little chip to make it 3 0, puts the game to bed. This was the type of performance that we have been hearing from about every other coach that we've had over the last three years, from Levine to McPhee to Stendhal and now to Nielsen, that Ewan Henderson is apparently capable of, this was easily his best performance in Maroon ever.
1: And that's big words coming from you, given you're not his biggest
0: fan. Exactly. I said on Friday night, if he plays like that, if he even plays half of what he played like on Friday night, every time he plays in this team, he is welcome to be in this team every single week for me
1: it's big words and I, and i can't disagree i thought his his messi esque run was just unbelievable and um, andy irving congratulating him behind the goal was brilliant <laughs> as well but I, I i'm delighted you said what you said because i thought it was just me in that once he'd entered the box i i thought he'd done too much i thought they'd lost it once he takes that touch past the mm-hmm. last defender just before um, Neil Parry makes contact but it's so a Stonewaller and, and Liam Boyce does the rest I it just to me this is this is what we've what we've been craving for in the sense of it's a, it's an academy graduate looking to take his chance and ultimately Ewan Henderson did exactly that on Friday night I, th- I thought he was fantastic. He he and numerous others of course. absolutely. Um,
0: we will now get to who assisted him for his goal, because, listen, I am quoted on this podcast as saying, over the last few years, Peter Herring has been our best player. He's been our most influential player. When we had him, we win. Case in point, a statistic showed that when Peter Herring plays, Hearts have won 55.91%
1: of all games. I when couldn't believe ha- that when I saw it, by the way. I mean, yep. I, knew, I knew it was decent, but that is, that is a really good stat.
0: When he hasn't played, we have won 33.19% of all games. His assist for Ewan Henderson is one of the best passes I've ever seen a Hearts player make. And it summed up his performance on Friday night. Boyce was deservedly man of the match, right? But Herring will feel gutted that he didn't get it. A mental stat here. Of the six goals that we scored, Peter Herring was either the last or second last pass in five of the six and the only one he wasn't involved in was the Henderson run and therefore Boyce penalty really yep wow he plays it off to Andy Halliday who then plays it off to Boyce he then Henderson scores that thing he oh but then, the last
1: the last was the one that I thought you were going to say
0: oh of course so it would have been four because Nandalee and
1: Walker yeah. of course I forgot about that one sorry so yeah four even still that's two thirds. Two thirds yeah. of the goals on Friday night. I, you're right. I, I thought you um, and Henderson's goal was was the pick of the bunch. The ball from Big Pete is absolutely exquisite. And to be fair, it obviously has to take a fantastic run from from Hendo mm-hmm. to, yep. to, to make it happen. Um, and it's it's just a really composed finish. A great goal. And at three zip, you know that's the game as as good as done in in my book, which was which was nice and. You know, you mentioned Liam Boyce there, Big Pete having a case for Man of the Match. I thought the midfield trio were all excellent and could all arguably feel as though they would have, you know, a case to put forward.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, We then have Liam Boyce getting his hat-trick. Ewan Henson plays the ball in. We'll feel a wee bit remiss not to get an assist as Neil Parry makes a save from, is it, McInef? Is yeah, it's, yeah. It's, Ma-
1: it's McInef's initial effort, and yeah. then Liam Boyce thunders home. Breaks the net, almost.
0: Um, Dwight, and then, speaking about him, in what I think was his best performance so far and summed up everything that we'd heard since signing, uh, Peter Herring plays the ball out to Shea Logan, who sends a big ball up, and you think, Nandwilly's going to take this and bring it down, but No. Aaron McInef traps it in midair and flicks it over his head brings it down he's got three players in front of him in the box he Croft turns does two of them cuts back again and drills it into the bottom corner I actually think from an individual perspective this was the best goal I agree though with what you're saying about Henderson's goal because the whole move generally but McInef's individual brilliance I mean all the goals were great in fairness because Boyce's first as well was fantastic but Mac and F looked like the
1: player we've been told that we were buying. Joe Savage said <sighs> we're gonna play him in sentiment. Whoa, words can't describe when we see him in maroon and white. His head is fine, he scores belters all the time. That's why we'll sing to death. For Aaron McInerney... I was waiting No, I don't do No, I thought that the... um, I thought the goal perfectly captured his performance, to be honest. I, I too thought that Stephen was think was intended for, for Big Nandale-y. Um, And I'm not going to lie, having just sung that song, had McInerney not done what he did, I may have been calling out for, for him <laughs> instead, but... But it's a it's a great strike. I loved him working the space, just like you said, just enough to to get that strike off. Fantastic finish, and that was the icing on top of the cake. That was was an excellent performance from the Irishman for me. <laughs> I've got to say as well, I'm a big fan of Scott Wilson playing the A Team theme, which I believe is Alloa's goal song. So yes, top shit houseery. I have to say,
0: absolutely, that was fantastic. And then we finish it off Jamie Walker comes on the bench, eh, off the bench he's on the park for like four minutes it was a kind of summary of Alois night, as it was just kind of Naismith just played like a ball to nobody in the general area of the bottom right hand corner Walker keeps running for it fair play to him the defender plays it back in your parry and I don't know what he's doing it's one of those moments where if it comes off it looks great Gordon did a similar thing actually right at the start of the game um, but Neil Parry got his feet all caught under him. Armand Nandale did really well to press him. Slides in, and then Walker just has to slide it home for six. Obviously, there's not much to say about the goal, but I wanted to say, Armand Nandole is the striker we've been crying out for in the sense of, we've been saying, you especially, that we needed a target man for ages, and everybody obviously agreed. But often when we get target men, they, they, they're they not good at that role. They might be big, and they might, or they might be strong, but they're not really good at it like that's not what the game's all about Nandwale wins everything he wins absolutely if it's his head it's his chest it's his knee he traps it at his feet he brings in defenders and yeah listen he only got one assist right he probably should have scored first from Aaron McIneve corner in the first half however and
1: and Liam Boyce sends one across the box which he does well to slide in but I I actually thought he, he got enough contact on it that it looked as though he should have scored but Carry on.
0: But what he adds, and it's literally what I said at the start of the giant transfer Door, I was like, see if we have a striker that comes in and doesn't score many goals, but adds generally to the team, I'll be happy. Now, Nandale has played several games and got several goals and assists, so he's actually doing that part. But for me, the biggest positive is that he's creating space for Liam Boyce, Ewan Henderson, Stephen Naismith, by just being a target that can actually soak up pressure.
1: Couldn't agree more and this was the the vision that I'd had when I said that we needed a target man type. I think you're right in what you said and that we often sign a kind of big brute but Nando can play. He's You know, his hold up's phenomenal. There was a, a goal kick from Craig Gordon and he's literally he, he's got his hand back against the Aloa defender and he takes it on his chest and just dishes it out to the, the I think it's then the right hand side. Mm-hmm. It's he, he's really he's a big handful he can play and he and Boyce have the making of a, a fantastic partnership I don't know obviously the part that you and Henderson will play but the, the three of them looked looked great and Big Nando he, I, 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 I'm really taken to him I, I really am I really like him and like I say just hope that he and Boyce the chemistry can just keep on improving And hopefully we see a a big campaign from him next season as well.
0: Well, that did summarise everything and finish it with 6-0, our biggest win margin of the season, in my opinion, our best performance of the season. Did you see that happening after the past couple of weeks we've had? I know it's Aloha, I know we're top of the league, I know they're bottom of the league, but with the way we've been,
1: did you see that happen? Hand on heart, no, I, I didn't i didn't i thought that that was <sighs> do you know it's as though we're trying to make amends like not, we can't make amends from from the broader game and several disappointments since but that's that's easily our best performance and subsequent result since wraith away um mm-hmm. and it's it's a baby step that's that, that. That's all I'll say. I mean, I, I'm pleased with the win. I'm not going to get carried away. Now we've won the league. Great. We're back where we are. or back where we belong. Cool. You know, ultimately, I'm still disappointed given the last few weeks. However, I can't be all down given we've now seen what this team are capable of.
0: I'd... It was what a novelty! You play players in a system that benefits them, and play them in their actual positions. Oh, I, I was going to say works. exactly
1: that. You know, there's there we are talking about Aaron McInniff as a box to box midfielder. He's played as a central midfielder as opposed to being shunted out on the right, and has arguably his best performance in maroon and white. I mean, it's no it's no rocket science, is it?
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, I I was just delighted. Uh, I I had no negatives, nothing. Nothing to say negatively because you can't. You can't. I don't care who you're against. If you win six 0 in a competitive game of football, you've done fantastically, regardless of who you are and who the opposition is. And I think our manager Adam knew that. Because
1: I I agree, and that there's there's no negatives. But yeah. The, but yeah. What, but what's about to come here? I think we may disagree. I think we'll disagree as well. However,
0: Robbie Nielsen spoke to BBC. And, Sports Sound, uh, so to BBC, he said, we've taken a bit of flack, so it's good to get back to winning ways. There'll be a few pundits that aren't happy tonight, so it's good to ram it down their throats. He then, to BBC Sports Sound, said, uh, yeah, so that's us now, 14 points clear, we're about to win the league, so hopefully that'll keep me in the job till Monday. So,
1: I didn't, Adam, hear, I didn't hear the it, Sports Sound comment, can I just say. <laughs> oh, <goodness. laughs> well, he said that. I need to play so, that back, Was that Friday night, directly after it, Yep, yeah Oh, God, I'll play that back. That's interesting.
0: So, as the one out the two of us who has been calling for his head more, it was almost as if he was speaking right to you.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. I've, I've totally changed my, my opinion of the past... <laughs> Few weeks and months because of a six nil win over one of the two part time teams in the division. Who, wait, no. Who? Wait. No, wait, wait, wait. Who, like you said, had dumped us out of one of the two cups that we could realistically win, along with the league. Wait,
0: I'm fine with everything that you said, apart from one point. I don't like it how in the in the fallout from that game, some people who have been annoyed that Robbie hasn't beaten part time teams when everybody else was like, yes, this is great, genuinely a feel-good moment, hooray, people were going, well, it's only a part-time team. It's not that impressive. It's like, you can't simultaneously go, oh, you can't even beat part-time teams. Then when we not only beat part-time teams, <laughs> obliterate them, go, well, it's only part-time teams.
1: It's like, you can only beat what's in front of you. No, you're right, mate. You're right. But. But we, but, but they did knock us out of the cup. And yeah. If, and, and, and if you're breaking it down, would I rather have lost that on Friday night and have gone to the latter stages of the League Cup? Possibly. Can you not give him that? What he said? Can you not... Tongue in
0: cheek, in that night, he's just won 6-0. I'll I'll give him that. Having a a wee dig. He doesn't get to have a dig back. Managers (sighs) don't. It's like... You don't get to as a manager, obviously. It's like you're in the media... You get to have all the patter and all the comments made about managers. You get to say if you think a manager should be sacked or hired. Blah blah blah. Managers just have to, for right or wrong, managers just have to go. No, I'm blocking it out or whatever. Some managers speak about reactions to the press, but it's only when it's quite extreme. I, I'm I'm fine with Robbie having a wee dig on that, and it would be different if we won one nil, and then he was saying that, but. In our best performance of the season, I think he can be... I think he can have that night being quite chuffed with that. That makes one of us. That... Do you not think he
1: can have that? No. Why? Because we've just won 6-0. And we've spoken about players being played in their correct position. Maybe, maybe that would have been a start as to why the results have been so poor in previous weeks. Nothing changes for me because of a Friday night win over Aloha. No, but no one's saying that.
0: What I don't understand what, you is... you mean
1: it's just like a consolation for them?
0: No, I just mean, I don't understand why people were so annoyed at what he said. People were going, like, oh, see, this is proof that we're just fucked as a club. It's like, what? What, winning 6-0 and the manager being chuffed is proof that we're fucked? No, do you know what? I'm not saying oh. it affects it. I don't, I'm not trying to say that, oh, we've now beaten al 6-0, so therefore you must now think Robbie Nielsen is the man to take us forward and stuff like that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is enjoy your team, not to you, to people who messaged me. Because I did enjoy it. Yeah, of course, because you're an intelligent person. Um, like, I'm fine with our manager having a laugh after just winning 6-0 and just
1: winning the league on the same weekend. I'm absolutely fine with that. I, I I get where you're coming from. I think... Do you know, even even in Levine's tenure, he'd come out with stuff, which I'd get annoyed at. But then, I'd, looking back, some of it was quite funny as well. So, cool. Okay. He can have it. But, like I say, nothing really changes for me. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I... Do you know, uh, I, I, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I'm just, I'm, these type of wins, while well, they're great, it also makes makes me think of previous weeks and it's like, well, where has this been for a good few weeks and months? But it doesn't matter because we got it done. Eventually. <laughs> doesn't matter, we still got it done. God,
0: and what we got done was, because that was Friday night, Saturday... Wraith Rovers were playing our Arbroath. Dundee were playing, eh? Morton? Great Morton at home. Yes, dude. yes. Wraith then run away 2-0 leaders. And we're thinking, Hans fans are thinking, all right, okay, cool. We're going to have to wait until next match day whether or not we're involved because Wraith had, have a couple of games to play before we next play. Dundee as well, I think. Uh, but it was like, all right, okay, cool. And then... Dundee finishes 1-0, and out of nowhere, Dick Campbell's our broth, and Ricky Little wins Heart of Midlothian, the Scottish Championship, on that day as they came back from 2-0 to draw 2 all. In another test, what it, it's a perfect way for us to win the league this season, in the sense of it's <laughs> it other so teams being shit. It's and not us. And and it's us obliterating. So I said on Twitter. I was like, I'm delighted that the weekend we've won it. Regardless of the way this season's gone and the amount of frustration and the shocking results and the awful results and the terrible results, I'm glad that we won it on a weekend where we obliterated a team that really wanted us down here, essentially relegated them, and then our rivals in the league in terms of the only team's given us a run. Fucked up for us to win it,
1: and and it's not. I mean, obviously we have had to to win, but it's it's kind of out of our hands in the sense that it's quite underwhelming. That being said, I mean, in fourteen fifteen, when I think it was Rangers won at Easter Road, mm-hmm. and then we won the league, that was brilliant. But you know, I'm just I'm just relieved. It's not even like I'm pleased, delighted. It's just I think everybody just. Had a collective sigh on Saturday afternoon, like "Thank God that's." I
0: was, ha- I didn't
1: expect to
0: be as happy as I was. I wasn't, I wasn't like delighted like I was in 2014-15, as you say. I wasn't like dancing around my flat and stuff like that. But I was surprised when I was actually like, I was just in a much better mood. And I said, "I was like, well, we've actually won the week." Like, I you know, was it- thinking ahead to next season. Yeah, basically, but that's the thing. It was kind of like oh, I never need to watch the championship ever again. Because that's the <laughs> biggest positive for me. I hate this league. I hate that people are saying it's good. I hate that it's not. Just because someone's
1: competitive
0: doesn't mean it's good, right? <laughs> I'm if just fair... looking
1: forward to when we're in a relegation battle and this will get that very clip will get played back to you when we're never having we to be, watch we the championship.
0: Be releg- again. We won't be in a relegation battle. Um, but that's, like, listen... I understand that people wanted the narrative that we would struggle in this division, maybe stay here a couple of seasons, do what Hibbs did, do what Dundee United did, do what Dundee did, stuff like that. Like, I get it. It's a very tantalising narrative. It creates more attention to your league that doesn't even have a sponsor, thing Um <laughs> I get it, I get that. I get why the BBC put us on TV at every available opportunity because it created moments like Dundee and Dunfermline and stuff like that where we got embarrassed. And Obviously, Brora wasn't on TV, but you can bet your arse they wished it was. Um, stuff like, listen, I get that. But this league is shit. Every, here's the biggest question for me. Do you think anyone is going to go up through the playoffs? Because I don't.
1: Um, potentially. I just yeah. don't see it. I no, just don't I, see it at I, all. I, I do. I, I, I listen. It all depends on on who occupies the playoff places. Of course, it does. But I think having I disagree.
0: Uh, I don't think any of those teams in this league can go up.
1: But I've but I've watched some of the Premiership, mate. And so I'm, I know. I get funny. I, I'm not being funny. The, the Ross County and game that was on the other the other night in the cup. There's County Go ahead, and they're pegged back almost instantly by Inverness, and are ultimately played off the park by a championship side who have got an interim manager given Robbo's absence. Do you know? I, I, I don't think the Gulf's. That's maybe not my maybe point. No, I know. I f- it's not, no, I fully, I,
0: know. I fully agree. I don't think the quality is that big a difference. I just don't count any of the championship teams to go on a run to win through the playoffs it's not into the actual quality enough. that's fair enough but yeah. I just don't see anybody like for example I don't see either Dundee Dunfermline Inverness or Queen of the South winning enough games in a row to get up
1: I get that I'd, I love all the talk by the way of us potentially lying down to Inverness to deny I I'd it I'd to happen so oh, badly could you imagine that oh play for, the
0: under 14s it'll be class.
1: It would be unbelievable. Um, Give
0: Neil McCann and Robbo <laughs> just a wee win <laughs>
1: That would be hilarious. Um, but no, I, I mean, I, I'm looking at it from a general viewpoint. I think only two teams have come up through the playoff since it's since it's Hamilton
0: won. and
1: Livingston. If Livingston, yeah, 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 of course, yeah. I think that's it. Because Falkirk failed in the playoffs.
0: Falkirk failed in the playoffs? I mean, it felt like eight times. I know it was only like <laughs> twice, but it felt like they were so. Because both the season we were down yeah, and then they, the season they were a good after. Side. Yeah, it was like, oh, they're really good. And then they just never got up. And now they're, they're completely in the yeah. One. Yeah.
1: It's crazy. Um, no, I. I, I I get where you're coming from, but I I you know I'm I'm not all that surprised. Like I say, I think a lot of it depends on on who occupies the playoff place. I think Kelly have a strong enough squad that they'd blow any of the the championship teams away. Um, but if it's Ross County, I, th- I think we could be up for a, a little upset maybe. Hopefully, anyway, because I'd love to see Akies go down um, automatically. And County, if they went down via the playoffs, and Inverness ideally. Did them in the final. I hope Inverness that, win the playoffs. That so would be, be tremendous. Yeah. The, how would your medicine be then, Roy McGregor? You melt.
0: I would. That's the thing. Like I say, that like they're all shit and stuff like that. I I do like Inverness. Like I hope Inverness go up. That would be that would be the best situation. If after this, as you say, that is probably the two teams you pick as well. Like Hamilton and Ross County go down, Hearts and Inverness come up. That that would be great. Um finally though, speaking about the league win, this is going to be an interesting debate to finish it. John Suter has been in the press. So, the headline is, John Suter says hot celebrations can wait until they achieve something worth celebrating. So, he basically he starts the thing going, I don't think I can get a medal and I don't want one either. It's the boys that have won the league. I've just been in the background. That's fair enough. Before we get into anything,
1: yeah, you need to put, what is it, you need to play in 25% of all the games? Uh, well, do you know, I'd, I'm not entirely sure how it's going to work with, obviously, the, the shortened season. I'd imagine so. Oh, I'd, true. I thought it was a minimum of five appearances. I don't know where I, I thought, thought it was from. as well. Yeah, I think it is. I think that's right. I, I don't know. I'd I need clarification, but I, I was adamant that it was a minimum of five appearances, which is why Shea Logan signing might just sort of <laughs> it might just fall in that sort of bracket to gain a medal. I don't know.
0: That'd be funny. Um however, yes, yeah, so sort says that. However and then he goes on to be about like, I just want to play. And it's like, yes, so we all do. But then he says this quote and it's it's got people talking about a bigger thing. So John Suter is quoted saying, we shouldn't be down here. That goes without saying. A club like us should never be in the championship. I don't think there'll be massive celebrations. It'll be job done. We're back where we belong. There'll be celebrations next season if we win a cup or get in the top three slash four, not for winning the championship. So, this obviously, just in the immediate term of this, this has been met with universal praise by Hearts fans. I said, make him captain. Like, it's it's one of those things where it's just like, oh, he, he gets it. Like, he gets it. That, that's what Hearts fans have been saying all year. Fantastic to see. However, it coincides with a, I guess you could call it, social media campaign um, by a multitude of Hearts accounts to hashtag Keep It In The Stand, which is is it's as simple as it sounds. It's we, well, the the campaign is about don't give. The perceived Doncaster SFA SPFL collaboration. The well, how would you even say it? Don't give them the the positive of hearts. Take away the the trophy. We're all celebrating it. It looks great. Everybody's buzzing. And it's like yes, hooray, we've done that. The kind of general point is just take your medals. Don't really celebrate. Don't le- don't lift the trophy either leave it in the middle of the like ground if it's in the centre circle, if they've brought it out, just leave it there and don't touch it or if it is in the stand we'd have to bring it out and by that I mean like an official at the club, leave it in there and we just have it very muted so they don't get that experience now, I have I said this on Twitter I literally have zero opinions on this, I don't care I don't care what we do at all but i think you have stronger opinions on this than me
1: so i'll let you speak about this i'm i'm fully condoning this hashtag leave it on the stand um campaign however there is a little part of me that thinks what if we sort of like half lifted it was that i i I don't know (laughs) you know it's not like it's not like tons of joy it's just a kind of Naismith just sort of picks it up with one arm just thrusts it up in the air immediately puts it back down <laughs> that would be amazing in fairness <laughs> but no I, I think for the most part I'm, I'm fully behind this leave it on the stand I think yeah it's it's pettiness and you know now, now that it's done why not let's let's get back to being arseholes we want Hearts to be hated we want Tyne Castle to be toxic intimidating that's what this club needs a successful Heart and Midlothian team is when Gorgie is grim, and that's what I want, and that's what I'm craving. So, yeah, this would be this would be a good start. So, hashtag, leave it on the stand. Well,
0: I would, to play devil's advocate here, I'd, and actually, it's not even really devil's advocate, because I kind of do feel this way as well. What about people who, like, may never win a trophy again, or have never won a trophy, like Ewan Henderson? This is his first trophy as a Hearts player. Like, I would... And I know that so much of the "leave it Understand thing is saying no. I don't have an issue with players celebrating; just don't do it publicly. It's like I would—I don't like the fact that people are dictating how our own players and management staff should react. Because at the end of the day, it's their hard
1: work that's got.
0: They have done it. Like they have in, went and won a league title. And I know we should be doing it, and it's not an achievement in the grand scheme of things. But on an individual basis, it probably is. Like for as I say, for people like Ewan Henderson, like again, probably not like Craig Gordon, Stephen Naismith, and stuff like that, who have like won so much bigger things, been involved in so much bigger things. But, like I don't know what the quality of the Irish Irish league is. Is this the biggest thing Aaron McInnef's won? Like I, don't, I just feel a bit weird, like tell Andy Irvin, he's never won anything for us, and he's a Hearts fan.
1: Like but, but he'll he'll understand it, I think. I think it kind of harps back to this message from earlier and that it's too easy. I, I think it'd be so easy for us to bask in this. And to be honest, surely there's more of an incentive to win a major honour as opposed to... I'm not even going to call it a minor honour because, like you say, it is a lead title, but what really does it matter? You know, That's like, the
0: thing. I don't disagree with any
1: of that, right? Because, yeah, absolutely. It, it, what I get I hope- where you're coming from in that it's... You know, Ryan McGowan, I think, talked... Or Craig Beattie talked about that after the 2012 win, and that some of the squad hadn't been to a final and haven't been since. Yeah. So I I understand totally where you're coming from, but surely... You know, surely our ambitions are a little bit more. But
0: I don't think that comes into it. Like, it's one of those things... Where it's like, think about you and your own life. You might... Like, when you're at school and you win something, you're not like well, I'm not going to be chuffed with this because I should be doing better. It's like, well, I, I know this isn't the be-all and end-all. I'm still going to be chuffed at one summon. Like, again, I'm not disagreeing with you either. Like, I, this is such a weird thing. Because, <laughs> I, again, like, I don't care. Like, See, if we boycott it, even so much as that players don't go out and collect medals, right? I'm fine with that. See, if they go and have ticker tape and confetti and they're all jumping about, I'm also kind of like, all right, fine. Go for it. Like, I don't really care. The only thing I have, I don't like it when people are saying, and it's not the kind of, in fairness, I will say this, yeah, it's not the main people who are sharing it. It's not the kind of big hearts, Twitter accounts, or like, this is my story, who's been a very big proponent of it. They're not saying this. It's kind of just the random people going, I'll I'll be embarrassed on behalf of any player that celebrates, or it's ridiculous if anyone does, because as you said, what ambition is that? It's like, Well, at the end of the day, if you have that attitude, say, what ambition is it to celebrate winning the championship, you kind of have to say that against us in 2014-15. I know the situation's different, but it's the same trophy. Those players, uh... the players who are winning the trophy this year are winning the exact same trophy and getting the exact same medals. As the other, team. I'm not before anybody yeah, I, says. I was going
1: to say, it's, it's the circumstance thing? Though, yes, of that's, course, that's absolutely. Plays into the hands, but, but the individual right.
0: doesn't care about those circumstances. They've won the league, so no. I get it if they want to celebrate.
1: Yeah, I, my feelings towards the the SFA and SPFL are well known. So in that sense, I'm I'm fully behind the campaign, but again I totally understand why you don't really care because I just want out this league Adam <laughs> I just never want to think about this again it's like it's like it's like us letting Nielsen have Friday night because they, <laughs> they can sort of they can sort of have it but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna remember Mihai Popescu as a hearts legend because he's won a championship title with us
0: in fairness you don't even remember El Hassanui as a championship legend or Kenny Anderson as a championship legend
1: Exactly, so, you know, <laughs> great. Th- th- thanks for your service, see you later. I
0: think I think that is the perfect way to end it, for a summary of the championship season. Yeah. Thanks for your service, <laughs> see you later. Th- <laughs> We're done.
1: <laughs> thanks for totally wasting our time making us have 27 fixtures of hell, three to go, thank God when it's all done, and yeah, premiership bound, woohoo!
0: I will say this, Adam doesn't know this, but after the end of the season, we're going to do a full episode doing the review of the season.
1: I'm actually up for that. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel as though there could be a lot of anger that's sort of yeah, re-emerging. Exactly.
0: <laughs> That'll be funny. So after the week after the Wraith game, we'll do that. But thank you very much for listening. We are champions. Get in. Now, just before we finish up and do all the admin Uh, Me and Adam were speaking. Obviously, we don't play now all week for the rest of this week. However, we are playing on Tuesday night, a week after this podcast gets released. So, next week, the podcast will be out on Wednesday, not on Tuesday. So, on the 20th of April, Hearts Play Morton. On the 21st, the podcast will be out, not on the 20th. Basically because we're going to record immediately after the Morton game because we would otherwise we would ju- what would we speak about
1: simple it's, it's not it's not rocket science is it we need, we need a talking point we need material the Morton match provides exactly that simple as exactly but yes yeah,
0: so massive thank you to everyone who has listened we are at Perth to Paisley on all forms of social media you can get us per to on all your podcast platforms. Please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. It really, really does help. We're also on YouTube if you want to just listen to it. YouTube, if that's easier, if you don't have a podcast platform. Adam, where can people get you individually on social media?
1: They can get me individually on social media at Adam T. Kendall. And before we wrap up, mate, I just want to say a massive thank you to all our loyal listeners, including Cami Anderson's... Um, uncle his great uncle who listened last week um so malcolm elliot if you're listening thank you very much for that cammy hadn't let me know whatsoever i don't think even he was aware um and he obviously messaged me saying that you're a loyal listener so i thank you and all the rest of the heart midlothian family uh, for your listenership throughout the season and hopefully into next season as well what about yourself mate
0: Absolutely, I fully, fully support that message. I am at dmckiver22. We will be back slightly later date. Next week to discuss all things Morton. If any other things happen in the press, we'll speak about that as well. Hart Lothian have won the championship. It might not have been in the way we wanted. It might not have been in the way that we were actually enjoyed ever. However it's done, we're back to the Premiership. We'll see you next time.
1: Hashtag leave it on the stand.